everyone we're back welcome to print your games the podcast of all about what's new and awesome in 3d printing for gamers i'm your host jerson j thacker also known as param and i'm joined by chris nintzowards also known as lost spheres and for those of you who missed us last week i am sorry in a bit of method acting i caught the plague <laughs> and i was feeling every bit as zombie as this horde that i've been printing this week i have no idea what this bug was i do know it was not covid i did get tested because it felt it felt covid bad uh but it wasn't um but uh and, and a lot of my friends and my current family members uh have it still but uh i am i am recovering i am not 100 so if you uh, see me mute the mic and cough a bunch uh, that'll be edited out of the audio version obviously but uh so my apologies in advance and for those of you us joining us i super appreciate it uh do get questions and get chatty in the chat we do love to talk with you all during the episode um and Oh boy, today our episode topic will be about getting our miniatures painted and some easy ways and resources to do that in some ways you might not even have to do that. I've got some fun stuff to talk about. Um, but up in the meantime, what about you, Kristen? What have you been doing? I have been plunging through a little bit of chaos, uh, both in my personal life, but also on my printer. I've been busting out. Um, I guess they... I would be most likely to use them as Havoc Brothers of War, maybe in Ooh. like OPR or yes. uh, you know, they yes. probably join me in the skirmish <laughs> world. Christine. But uh, they will also double for the Black Blades in my own City of Seven Serves campaign setting awesome. thing. So awesome. I, 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 they're multi-use for me. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, that's where I've been at, and it's it's apropos because all the all the crazy stuff going on outside of that um, has mm -hmm. has cut into my my painting time, my printing time, everything. But because of the things we're going to be talking about today, I actually still got a very satisfying amount right. of stuff done, which was right. so good. And that is going to be the theme of tonight's episode. I am not going to talk much about miniature painting as an art form and competing for those golden demons. Me and Christian <laughs> are here to chat about getting minis painted quickly and well um when it, when it comes to most gaming things i'm a filthy casual and that definitely applies to painting <laughs> right and unfortunately and, and not unfortunately i actually super enjoy miniature painting it's like it's it's been one of my hobbies for the past 20 years in fact i have the first miniature i've ever painted ever is 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 this little uh wizard from reaper i believe my first mini painted ever was pewter or lead and it mm -hmm. was mostly just a green smear and it has rattled <laughs> around in a box to the point where it is unrecognizable, mm -hmm. but it's like a chipped metal lump. Right. Yes. And, and, oh yeah. And those old minis were all bit, all metal and don't eat them and don't touch them. The don't lick your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Those early paints were enamels meant for painting toy cars and yeah. just a bottle of testers and some alcohol and you get this stuff done. And uh, and believe it or not, I was emulating that look because I had proper Citadel acrylic paints when I painted this this little dude, but I mm -hmm. wanted that testers enamel look. So I put Ardco all over it to get that shiny candy finish on that cloak. Uh, oh boy. I still love Ardco. I still keep a couple of pots of old Ardco. Uh, that I'm never going to give up because every so often I want my dwarf shiny. Well, you'd still do some model stuff too, where it's much mm. more appropriate. You slap some shine on a Gundam or something, and uh, it looks well. right. So, 
the miniature painting miniatures or and painting buildings and stuff is going to be part of the hobby for us 3d printing gamers because with few exceptions most printers cannot print full color miniatures nope. uh, your, your your saturns your 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 harlots they can't do it any cubic is yet to throw out a photon rgb out there and i bet the first time we get a photon rgb it's because ab april fool's joke where they've just like <laughs> strapped it with gamer leds so that the case itself glows like all the 16 million colors but it still prints gray minis i could see it yeah For did sure. you see the um who was it was it was it uh any cubic that did the uh the the any cubic 2d uh printer this year <laughs> it was just a you know it was just a laser jet printer i did not uh honestly i usually stick my head in the sand on april fools i am not a fan so i i did not see that yeah. So I said most printers, but there do there is hope for the future, Kristen. There are printers that can do full color miniatures, and they get better and better every year. Uh, in fact, How? I've looked up one uh, like if you order miniatures from like say Hero Forge, and there's like some rumors and stuff showing up on my mini factory of being able to order full color prints from uh, some of the artists that we're familiar with printing ourselves. Uh, that's going to be an exciting option. That's and crazy. How much does something like that run? So I found the cheapest one I could find that does high quality 3D printed resin is the um, Mimiki uh 3d uj-2207 i'm gonna go ahead and throw that up on screen am i hearing an quotes around, around that cheapest bit this is no this is still the cheapest all right at 39,000 us dollars lee hannah no and a build size of 203 by 203 by 76 Technically, the Mars has a wider build plate in some instances than this thing has. Um, and how it works is actually it, it can handle multiple different types of resin at once. These printers do. So mm -hmm. like if you can look up top on the printers, you will see that there is like an array of bottles up there plugged into it. And hmm. it just takes the different colors and mixes them together as it prints uh, to get the different colors across the mini. And, and it's actually surprisingly good. Uh, Hero Forge, just said, uses this technology. Um, and they, you remember they did that big Kickstarter where they were doing 3D colored printed miniatures. And those Indeed. looked real good. Mm -hmm. um, and... They've actually done a 2.0 release in No Direction. Alex Agunas did a whole video on those, and those look even brighter. Like those first versions kind of looked washed out. Um, and then the new ones don't look washed out. They're very bright and colorful and cheerful. I haven't seen too many of them on the darker side of, of painting, but it's impressive tech. And for 40,000 US dollars and the shipping costs from Japan and professional installation, your industrial complex can have one of these printers available too. But like all technology, this was all 3D printers. If you will. I do think that it will not be you know, like too terribly far in the distant future before technology like this starts to uh, show up in like home uh, hobby, hobbyist level acquire. Uh, that's going to be a little bit distant away. For anybody who's watching, here's, here's my really bad um, focus job on and one of the hero lab i believe we said it was a gen one yeah um and yeah. it she's a little faded but um really mm -hmm. cool uh and you know a lot better than i could do casually i mean right. if i took my time i could beat that but mm -hmm. uh, time isn't something i always have so. so until we do that 
we've got to paint these ourselves. We've got to just put, you know, put acrylic paints on the brush and get them on the mini. And there are lots of ways of doing that and a lot of way of doing it faster. And some new ways that have come out the last couple of years with like, say, the contrast paint method. Later on this episode, me and Christian both spent a considerable amount of time playing with the Army Painter's new speed paint line. And we mm -hmm. we think that that is a great option for people getting in, into miniature painting for the first time to get some stuff cranked out in a hurry that's going to look great and uh and there's just a lot of options available for you know getting your models and getting them painted and looking nice on the tabletop without it being and like should not be intimidating but in if and in fact if you are a miniature painting hobbyist getting a 3d printer is one of the best little presents you can get for yourself Amen. because you get access to thousands upon thousands of models that you can just pump out whenever you need them a much bigger variety of subject matters than are available typically at your game store and you can do things like scale them up scale them down turn one into a bust that wasn't meant to be a bust like do you all can, sorts of fun things you can print 20 of them and practice mm -hmm. painting as long as you have patience and time for it right if you're really bad at eyes and want to print eyes you can print a strip of 40 heads and just sit True. there and just paint the eye over and over and over again. And you will get great at painting eyes if you paint 40 heads of eyes in a row. Eventually, and, and you will get resin, one you like. Yeah. That's true. And because it's just resin, you don't care. It's all that. You goofed up this whole model. Like, like you know, hey, I, oh, I completely screwed up this skeleton. If I was doing traditional minis, I'd have to, like, throw it in my... Uh, in, in my uh, ultrasonic cleaner or, or or California awesome bin and then let's strip the paint off of it, which isn't all that bad if, for, for if you need to restart a to. mini. Right, but for right. 3D printed mini, just toss that thing in the trash four hours later. I've got a new one. Yeah, I remember um, probably a couple of years ago when we were playing, I want to say Pathfinder d and I don't even remember at this point, mm -hmm. but um, the the player was playing a barbarian and mm -hmm. it um he got all this because he had a rage power to grow when he would rage right. and so we actually got two minis um i think one of them was a privateer press ogre and then there was a monk from reaper that just kind of looked similar enough and then right. the paint job elevated it to do that and that effect was so cool when you would rage and suddenly like boom get all massive and everything and it was so impactful and and helped people immerse especially you know because we have some people in our group that are aphantasic um but now with 3d printing those sort of effects and and you know sticks for your character you, you have you know the curse that turns you into a panda or whatever it is you can do it <laughs> and right. you can do it really really well and mm -hmm. I, I love it i love it yeah, so. yeah. Also, hello to Alex Shever, who is joining us in chat. We appreciate seeing you again, Alex. You are always a joy to find. Right. And also, I have been painting miniatures, for, like I said, for 20 years now. I love the hobby. I have never painted more miniatures in a year since I got my printer. My first year since getting the printer, I cranked out over 400 models it, it fully painted and the next year it was like 290 something so not quite as many and this year i'm already on track to to exceed that one and and the reason is is that there's just as, as many models as you need can just pop out that printer so even if you're just wanting to practice or crank it you will it doesn't matter how bad of a painter you think you are if once you crank through a hundred minis, which is just one bottle of resin, if you want it to be, you will right. become a much better painter and confident. And also, I want to stress, you do not have to be an amazing painter um, to get these minis. When we're talking about 
playing games is that you know people call talk about the tabletop standard you don't need masterpieces on the table it's just like maybe they just shouldn't be gray blobs and yeah. and that helps so just basic paint jobs you know you know you know just get the colors blocked in and your players and your your fellow players your game masters they're just going to appreciate seeing it and it's it's awesome and we're talking about a one inch tall figure three feet away from you on a gaming table in bad light, just, just getting it approximate. And I want to, and people are paying like big money for like pre-painted miniatures and stuff. And <laughs> you, you don't have to compete much. So I love Wiz kids and, and their models. And I have thousands of their pre-painted models in my collection. Ditto. Right. I have so, tons. Like the, the the basic dwarf like the basic model paint job they have is like really flat basic blocked out colors um you could any miniature painter can learn to do this in a day class it, it easily exceed this quality in fact i guarantee you that if somebody uh if you weren't to give it a try and you can get into like a, a learn to paint class with somebody who actually cares, or you uh, will follow some uh, learn to paint guides that I'm going to shout out to later. You will paint uh, like 10 times better than this by the end of your first paint session. Not to mention you're going to be able to do small things. And this is something you cannot, uh, especially mm -hmm. if you're dungeon master or game master, uh, you can actually customize things. So like, you know, um, for instance, there are psionic goblins that are blue. Like, mm -hmm. so to actually just print some goblins and paint them as blue and, and actually like, or to, um, I, I'm big fan of sneaking in um, colors that allow me to differentiate the, the minis on the table so that I can track hit points or, or mm -hmm. effects and little things like that, like, sure, you can take your pre-paint minis and you can, like, put red dots on them. I think we've all done it or or, mm -hmm. or numbers or whatever. But, like, to me, again, if you, like, slather a number on the bottom of that thing, that's one step less in immersion, right? Like, where mm -hmm. if it's just a subtle thing, like, okay, that guy has a purple flame, that guy has a green flame. Like, right. it's suddenly easy to just differentiate those. Right. You know, I, on my GM initial track where I just write green flame, purple flame, or GFPF. And like there, it's all built into my paint scheme and I have complete control of that when I 3D print stuff, like mm -hmm. customizing is so easy and I, I just, right. I can't get enough of it. Anyway, sorry. And the new, and these aren't 3D printed models, but the new frameworks line um, that uh, with kids, we, we just talked about them, are putting out, they, for their multi-packs with their orcs and kobolds, they all have like a, an option for that. So they with the kobolds come with little bitty jars and you can put different a number of jars or different colored jars on their bases to differentiate between the kobolds and the orcs come with candles nice. uh, to do the same thing. And as 3d printing people, we can go find STLs of candles and skulls and really awesome bases and everything in the world to, to add those sorts of little fun details uh, to our models. Should we wish to do so? All right. So, Let's say you've never painted anything in the world. Where should you get started? Now, painting models is not a difficult thing. It should not be an intimidating thing. And it should be, honestly, it's for me, it's a fun thing, especially to do with my friends. Me and you, Kristen, we hung out the other day in mm -hmm. video chat and just cranked out a bunch of models, uh, yeah. having fun with them, testing out the new speed paints. And you were testing out some, uh, some other stuff we'll talk about. 
But getting started, you basically just need a set of acrylic paints. And if you have to, you know, the apple barrel at 50 cents a bottle isn't the worst possible thing you could use to do it. I would recommend getting, you know, go something from the hobby store like Vallejo or Citadel or or any other basic paints, um, you know, Army Painter, whatever's available. Uh, that's a little bit better. And there are some fantastic tutorials on getting started. But basically, all you're doing is you're thinning down acrylic paint, priming models ahead of time. So you will want to get a spray paint primer, get cheap brushes, paper towels, a cup and some water. You don't it's not expensive to get into it. And like if, if you all you have is your local Walmart feed and tack and, uh, you know, and apple barrel paints, you can still get some nice looking models on the table. Everything is better than gray is yeah, basically absolutely. the situation there. Even if you paint the model gray in the end, like I painted a bunch of skeletons <laughs> that I'll be showing off and they're very gray, but like everything's better than bare plastic. Um, and, and that's all And any effort at all. Is you don't have this in the competition. This isn't don't worry about, you know, showing it off to your friends everybody's just going to think it's great um there is a tutorial that is my favorite one to recommend mm -hmm. for getting started and that is speed painting the blackstone fortress by midwinter minis and blackstone fortress was this uh board game that games workshop put out which was like a 40k dungeon crawler and it was really cool it's if you can get a hold of that game it's a really fun game um but there's a whole bunch of models that came in there like a bunch of other games and so midwinter minis they basically got their start showing like some really good uh tutorials on how to paint these models up assuming you've never painted a model for the first time and it is one of the absolute best tutorial series for learning to paint miniatures i highly recommend going check it out also guy from midwinter minis is a really chill dude him and penny on uh who do that show together it's one of my favorite miniature painting shows and it's just a real chill fun time with some people who love the hobby um so you will you will definitely love getting into that so if you've never painted anything for the first time speed painting blackstone fortress by midwinter minis it will teach you what is the traditional method for for painting miniatures including a list of the supplies that you should get to get started and like 20 bucks will take care of everything you need to get started so it's not even an expensive hobby to get. yeah one thing i want to circle back on that too is mm -hmm. i am always floored because i've been pay painting minis at least 20 mm -hmm gosh 30 years um and, and mm. i can go back and watch a a, a day one tutorial even mm -hmm. now and still see something i'm just like wow how did i miss that and like everybody's gonna have different ideas everybody's gonna uh, approach it differently sometimes even just the phrasing on the technique can be all it needs to click differently or better you know like uh you know you see tiny things um jump jumping into making your own washes for instance or or like how to do things like that like um you know i look at a lot of tu uh, tutorials from goober town for instance um mm -hmm. not to mention i can listen to that guy's voice and just like yeah the piece from goober town is just, just is like washes. called the <laughs> <laughs> He's called the Bob Ross of miniature painting for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I would definitely check those out as well. Um, I, I know he does a lot of like paint a box mm -hmm. or um, actually one of the things I think that he does, if you're, if you're an established painter or you've been hit, hit a wall, um, he does random color schemes from like, uh, does a random mini with a random color and a random highlight. And you would think it, it's crazy. Like, oh, I can't believe you're going to take this vintage, you know, 40K model and paint it pink and green. 
but you see some of the coolest stuff come out of mm-hmm. that. And like one of the things about 3D printing that's just so amazing when it comes to painting is that with that resin, you know, dropping your cost down so little to get in, like I would I would get a 40K mini, I would save up for it and I would paint it and it would be bad. <laughs> and right. I would just be depressed. I'd be crushed. And now it's like, okay, I, I print off another one, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. unless it's like a colossal mini that I spent like right. an hour putting together or whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And it's so freeing and, and liberating to, to play with those weird color schemes and, and things like that. I'm, uh, you know, uh, we talk about data how a lot. I right. love, um, you know, gradient priming. It's, it's like a thing that I'm like super obsessed with. Although I will actually talk it down a little bit later tonight. We'll talk about why when we get there, but mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, just d- different techniques like that. And the, the cost of, uh, getting into it and experimenting is just so much friendlier now and i love it Mm -hmm. anyway and also remember this is just paint when you're getting started in the painting your miniatures and it goes wrong like yeah we're talking about 3d printing we're lucky we can just run off another one you could you could like i know i'm learning i'm going to print six of the same dude and it's going to cost me like a nickel a piece or whatever mm-hmm. um that's not a big deal but even if you did have that 50 dollar uh alex james workshop model uh alex in chat talking about uh their april Fool, i'll get to that alex uh, i have a i have a fun i want to point at that um but getting to if you got like the 50 dollar or your kingdom death limited edition kyra from pathfinder crossover mini like there's like 20 of these in the entire world uh and you goof it doesn't matter this stuff comes off you can th- like we call it la totally awesome or purple power or everybody has their own favorite uh chemical for this just make sure the chemical you use is an acetone on a plastic model because that's how you get goo but just like alcohol bath or you know like i said la is totally awesome that's an option and you just toss it in that stuff for a week come out with a toothbrush that paint comes right off you can start over again and uh even even tiny screw-ups while you're painting that doesn't matter just block it off paint covers paint it's not a big deal and even if you goof it, goof it entirely, uh, the first couple of times you reprime a model from scratch, like you can just like, before you start even stripping paint, you can just take it outside and reprime it a couple of times before you start losing detail. Sure, sure. As long as your primer's not behaving. Yeah. Alex Shiver from, uh, or Shivler in uh, chat. Speaking of James Workshop and April Fool's Day, G-Dubs double bluffed us. We're getting finally squats back after only 25 years which is fun if i don't know if you've seen this but on april fool's day they released a trailer uh of of some super soldier marching into what looked like an imperial spaceship and highly hinted that it was going to be squats um and but haha april fool's day and then like uh the next day it's like what us joking and it was like nope we're it wasn't it wasn't an april fool's joke after all they're really re-releasing the squats which are space dwarves and they even showed off some models and they look really great really cool i was really there was some foxy dwarves but i have to say I already had space dwarves because I started getting them on Patreon. Yeah, three years ago. There's there's several good ones, and I'm trying to amazing my ones. Favorites right now. Um, is it Kaishinoneko? Is I can never pronounce his name correctly. Yes, you know? actually, so, I think I have a couple of those. Um, I have the yes. minor ones. So my tribes. Uh, 
uh, Kyosha no Neko, who does a fantastic set of fantasy dwarves, also does a sci-fi series of, and, and part of that sci-fi series is some awesome sci-fi dwarves. So if you want to get a head start on your League of Voltan, that's their new name or for for the new space dwarves. If you want your get a, a new kickstart on your space dwarves, um, I d- definitely Kyosha no Neko. I will provide a link in the show notes because good lord that is a hard one to uh to spell from my random bad pronunciation of it um but they do the some of the best dwarf models period they also do a lot of japanese and chinese and other asian culture inspired models and they also do fantastic space dwarfs so go check them out if if you want to get a head start on the leagues of Ultima. and i want um, to say they're they're uh, membership isn't very much, is it? Like, uh, it's standard, it's ten dollars, okay, right? Ten bucks. Yeah, so I've, I've been on and off with them for ages, and since the uh, dwarf army is in the queue right now, I'm back on. Uh, they've been doing a, a bunch of really good cool dwarves right now their current set is a bunch of like the honor guard uh and also the big giant cannon dwarves with like just looking around spear throwers and cannons and gatling guns and a bunch of dwarves and helicopters and like yes always we're gonna get our giant dwarves yeah make a dwarves you gotta love you gotta love your flying dwarves they can't they don't have any other kind of mount they might as well have helicopters uh, give me fantasy dwarves with their their big billy goats any day that that's where i'm at or bears i love me a dwarf when it's riding a bear <clears throat> all right so that so, so there's the traditional way of painting which is just get normal acrylic paints slap it down in layers uh use a wash on it that's the traditional like our um heavy metal style that has been developed in the hobby for years and years but over the past little bit there's actually been a new style of painting that i think is better for new people to get into the hobby because it produces results incredibly quickly that look fantastic with the minimum amount of effort put into it, minimum amount of time. And if you're 3D printing like, you know, an encounter for next weekend and you need to get all those snake people ready to go in a hurry, this will get it done. Like I have been cranking out, for instance, to get started. And I'm talking about contrast paints and DIY washes or or painting with washes or or the new contender to the table, the one that we're really going to chat about a bunch, the new Army Painter Speed Paint line. I guess I would call the style glazing, right? Really? No, glazing is a specific style uh, where you take incredibly thin down paint and then layer it on into a gradient. These are heavily transparent paints that are closer to inks, but a little bit thicker. They're they uh i think i've heard them best described as stains they stain a model you see see, so they heavily pigmented so the color yellow paint will be yellow on the model but it goes into the recesses and say that word again yellow yeah yellow yeah yellow okay yeah so (laughs) but it runs into the recesses and that'll be darker and the higher up edges it'll pull away from a little bit and those will automatically give you highlights so just one coat of this paint onto your model and you've done your base coating your shading and a little bit of your highlight work all in one go and it is it is so satisfying and there's there's several options available like this recently got its popularity when um games workshop 
Citadel Paints released the contrast line, mm -hmm. which I bought the whole contrast line. I loved it. And before I even got those, um, right when they came out, Goobertown did a video that they were planning on doing about painting with washes, which was making these really heavy washes. Um, a wonderful video uh, all on its own to just understanding how paint works because he, he talks about how all the different paints are made and all the different ingredients. And he's in the end, PhD chemist. So he yeah, PA, yeah, yeah. The, the dude knows his stuff and he knows how to make paint. And in the end, he gives this really great recipe uh, using artist inks, um, just basic uh, matte acrylic medium that you can get from any art supply or hobby store and dish soap. <laughs> and you can make your own quote unquote contrast type paint. And I've I been believe, using that for probably I, the last three years. And I, I believe we that call style. that flow enhancer when we're using it for paint. not dish It's soap. a surfactant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a flow. Flow improver. If you can get airbrush flow improver, it's actually better than the dishwash soap for this. But I unless you accidentally I, get the one for uh, alcohol-based stuff or whatever, and then yeah. clear, clog up your airbrush with it. So I just got a, a little bit of uh, my uh, soap, and I keep it in this little dropper bottle. And I, when I make up a new batch of paint, I have this I, on hand. I use this constant. Yeah, I think I learned uh, that, that actually Black yeah. Magic Craft for doing dungeon washes was the first time I ever used yeah. dish soap. I was like, really? But it works yeah. really well. well. It's a surfactant. Dish soap serves as a surfactant. And what it does is it breaks the surface tension of your paint and lets it flow better. There is dedicated paint flow improver that will do this for you. But, you know, if you, that's, a, that's a hobby item that even my local art store doesn't have any in stock. I'd have to order it online. I probably should have in the past three years. I've been experimenting with making my own paint. Um, fun fact. Uh, when I was talking with the crew that makes Reaper paints, the Reaper branded uh, uh, paints they were talking about they put that in their paints a, an extra amount of that on purpose by default so if there's a reason that when you paint with reaper paints people say they're pre-thinned or this paint's real thin it's a little it's some of it is that yeah the paint is a bit thinner in the bottle but a lot of it is that they actually put extra flow improver compared to other brands in their paint and so it flows so much smoother that people think it's thinner by default even though it's not any thinner it just doesn't have as much surface tension so it flows easy yeah yeah so reaper paint has this built into it by default and there's even another method um if you like the idea but you only have access to normal acrylic paint midwinter this is a midwinter recipe but if you take uh there's a recipe i'll put the video for this one in 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 chat but if you take 50 percent water 50 percent uh matte medium and a couple of drops of that uh of your flow improver or dishwashing liquid which is what i used and you mix that up into a bottle you and use this instead of water to thin your paints this will make any paint behave contrasting yeah yeah i did see that one uh, that video i want to say oops did one too but anyway it's fantastic so there's ways to get to this method so if you've got a whole bunch of citadel paints and you don't want to go buy a whole bunch of contrast paints go watch that video on how to that go watch that video for the midwinter mixing medium and that'll do it definitely watch the goobs video on how to how to make your own and he made some of that stuff just using craft paint without even getting artist inks so um and if you're interested in in getting contrast paints or the ones i'm actually going to recommend over contrast paints which is the new army painter speed paint line then that is an, another way so these are transparent paints that go over your models they they darken they shade the recesses they brighten the highlights and they just make a model look great and i like using them over zenithal 
primed minis. So I have talked about zenithal priming in the episodes in the past. So this is this just means you take your mini, you prime it a dark color, usually black, usually and then you black. come in with with an airbrush or just another rattle can of like just getting a white spray can and a black spray can will do this for you. Prime it black. Take the white spray paint from above. Prime it f- just from above with the white spray paint. You will get a natural gradient coming down the model, and that with contrast paint where it's transparent, that natural gradient shows through the contrast paint. It makes it look like you did so much more work than you really did painting these models. Absolutely. And I did that for this new batch of skeletons that I painted just for this episode to talk about it. And I cranked out 20 of these artisan guilds, 3d printed skeletons using that method of just contrast paint over Zenithal prime. And I think they look great in my opinion, like for, for a speed paint. Yeah. Job. Those are amazing. Yeah, these are all done with Army Painter Speed Paints. And the reason I did this is there was a lot of videos on Army Painter Speed Paints right now uh, where they're like, well, I want to give it a challenge. So we're going to paint a Space Marine with it. Something with lots of flat curved panels. Um, it, spoiler, it, they work great over flat curved panels. They don't do the blotchiness that the uh, that the contrast paints end up doing. And you actually do get a smooth surface over those panels, uh, which is great. But I was like, I'm going to use the tool for what it's good at, which is going going to be um arian says not seeing any minis huh do you see i see them yeah i don't know okay. sure yeah. uh, alex rest- let me know in chat if you're not seeing the minis right now on the oh, screen like, they, they have to be if you are yeah yeah but thank yeah you. so so i threw those paint uh, um i lost my train of thought so I, I wanted to paint something that they would be good at because when I reach for a hammer, I don't need a screwdriver. So these are really great for fur and textures and zombies and skeletons. So I'm like, I'm going to print out a whole bunch of skeletons from artisan guilds and speed paint them with the army painter speed paints. And I really think they look great. The, the speed paints, especially uh, they do the thing that the contrast paint style does. It goes um, just getting an orange background. Huh? Hmm. This is so weird y'all. Because Aaron now says he sees them. So okay, y'all. So so sorry about that. Um, Maybe restream is working strangely. Very strange. Flashes. Huh. Maybe reshare it. Can you do that? Reshare it. <clears throat> I'll do that in a moment for sure. Uh, but anyway, I threw the paints on the models, and they uh, they did a great job. They pulled into the recesses and darkened them up, just like contrast. But unlike contrast, it pulled away from the highlights. So if you look at some of the edges of some of the swords or some of the axes on these minis, when you look at them, you'll actually see like white strikes going along the edges, or, or especially yeah, on those like army panels, edge, edge highlighted. Right, and that and, on the armor that I did too. And, yeah, and I don't have time to edge highlight no armor. Uh, if I'm on twenty speed skeletons, you don't. No, no. No, no. And not, especially these, they've got like all sorts of scraps of leather with divots on them. And it works really well. Uh, it pulls that that trick off and they go on so much fast uh, with these paints. They're already a very thin consistency. So they go straight onto your brush and then straight down uh, to them. It it uh, it goes straight onto the midi and all in one nice coat and it comes off of that brush real easy like yeah instead and with some paints you know they kind of get a little bit gooey or a little bit jelly and you have to learn to thin them down a bit to get that cool flow state going out of them but not too flow but these are just like the perfect consistency right out of the bottle 
And each of those skeletons was five minutes of paint. Just like I, I sit there and timed it again and again and again. Every five minutes a skeleton. Every five minutes a skeleton. Now, I did do one last trick because I do this for my entire army. And I only did this so that they would blend in with my undead army, which is that I took a dry brush of ghostly green across the bottom of them to give them that glow. In fact, that's the only non-contrast work on those models besides black paint around the base room because you want a nice solid color for your base rooms. Yeah. Yeah. So well, as a tool in the toolbox, it is an exceptional tool. I think it does an amazing job there. Um, and I'm super happy with them. I ended up getting the mega set and it was, uh, I highly recommend the, the investment in that mega set, the starter set, which has, which is 50 bucks. Is that right? Uh, I actually think I got mine for like five. 45 bucks comes with 12 paints and they're good paints, but there's a few that I wish that had in that set, that starter yeah. set. And the mega set is a hundred bucks and it gives you 24 paints plus the mixing medium. And both sets you get uh, one of their really good um, uh, It's a very brushes. nice brush. It's the monster size, but it's actually the right size you want to use for this job. It is. It is. Yeah. It's almost exactly what you need. I do agree with you on the starter set because that's all I've been able to get so far, although I have been looking for it. So it tells you how I feel that I've been looking for the mega set. Um, and I'm going to go through an LGS because if I'm going to pay full price or close to it, I'm going to get it locally. But the... Um, the warm range, the flesh tone, mm -hmm. yellow, orange, red, right. brown was very tight. Like it was a very like um, narrow, like you could have taken one of those tones out probably and put in something a little weirder, I imagine, or a little, a little more diversity in it. But like mm -hmm. it, it's still very cool for like working, you know, through uh, that range. But um, I was a little surprised that um, both orange, uh, red, orange and, and yellow all kind of came in there. Yeah. You sent me uh, some pictures of these models. These are those chaosy dark knights from Broken Anvil. Broken Anvil, yeah. They they've done like a heaven and hell like fighting set, and they're just you know they're very chaosy. I even put them on Duncan Shadow's little chaos bases, just mm -hmm. kind of tie them together. But uh, yeah, again, just like you said with yours, this is um, almost entirely single coat. Um, it is uh, like a lot of the bone edges you can see got po like pulled out just by the natural action of the moving uh, on the bone tone um, contrast. Uh, made it super easy because they have a lot of bone on them <laughs> if you're going, if you're painting them like they're actual skeletons. Um, it is interesting though because I've been going to local hobby shops and talking to people about it so much. Um, I, I've seen some very, uh, it, it's a divisive thing, right? And of course, what isn't nowadays? But um, it, it is divisive, I think, because of the way people are treating them. And I think you, you hit it on the head with these for me to, to ultimately use the speed paints correctly you're going to want to start with that zenithal uh prime mm -hmm. and um create the contrast as much as you can beforehand and then it's natural pooling action is going to pull out detail and everything and you're going to get your shading and your variation the people who i found both like on reddit or on um some of the local uh hobby stores are using the speed paint like it's a normal base coat um okay and so they're doing a flat you know black or flat white prime um which a flat black prime by the way you're it's gonna the worst a, option. You're gonna have a bad time. I uh, I could see doing a flat white prime if you really had to. Um, and then the other thing about it is they're starting with the really saturated tones. Um, the orc skin speed paint is mm -hmm. phenomenally 
uh, the saturation on it's amazing um right. but it's also one of the least contrasty because of that right like mm -hmm. so like it will um i don't know if i can show this snake these scales are probably not gonna show my little camera but um it's it's one of the least where you compare it to the the yellow on her belly I, I i cannot do things backwards in cameras um again single coat and it's so samey that a lot of people like see it on a mini and go oh it's just my green base coat it's just my great base coat so i'm gonna i'm gonna paint it my orc and then i'm gonna do my my highlighting and i'm gonna blend and whatever and these people talk about it activating and um apparently particularly if you're using like a normal um solid acrylic tone it will cause some of them to like lift back up and mix into the tone and so a lot of people are doing this green base coat or whatever and then they're painting like the teeth the orc they're picking them out on top of it and the teeth are turning green and like i would not i would not recommend that technique with this anyway because i would have done your zenithal and just kind of you know you don't have to be like super controlled, but just a little controlled application gets to the right place and then it flows and does the rest. Again, that big chonky brush it has a nice point on it, but it's it's more about just taking that kind of little bit of a well up. You use it straight out of the bottle, you know? And, um, you know, actually I found it's actually kind of surly to thin down with water. You don't want to right. do that. You don't use water. Use the medium. You have to use the mixing medium to thin it. Yeah, because it, it, will, it will do weird things. Um, and it blends really well. But again, don't try to thin it down because that was I was like, I'm going to make a, you know, like a magenta -y skin tone for these kind of like, you know, tiefling right. devil born looking guys. And oof, that was a bad scene when the, that water hit it. It just became so seg segment segmented and mm -hmm. dissolved. But it does mix with itself very well. And yes. that the fact that it does have a longer working time. Now, if you let it dry for like eight hours that work and then come back later, that, that it doesn't reactivate as easily. It will if you put more contrast paint on it. And But after like a day, it won't even do that. But normal paint is usually pretty safe even after just a few minutes of letting it dry. Um, but if you want to take advantage of that, this is a wonderful paint for getting gradients and blends on purpose. Like me and you, when they're in the paint session, we practice yep. that on this skeleton, extra skeleton I had laying around. And so we got this like blue to green to yellow gradient all across this, this skeleton uh, just by using the paints together. And it's like, if I wanted to do that blend on purpose using normal wet blending techniques, it would have taken me hours, but it, for, it was literally just slap, slap, wiggle, slap. wiggle, yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. I've started kind of playing with that on some flame effects, but the the minis are a little little more complicated, so it's going to take a second to get them done. But um, yeah, it's still really, really fast. Um, Use it. Take advantage of that property. Um, it also does mean that if you are like going back, I did this a lot with the skeletons where I would find that, like, oh, I missed a spot or the paint pulled away a little bit too far from this edge, but I don't have the color I used on the brush. Well, with the brown to gray to blacks that I was using intentionally neutral where it was close. I just like whatever I happen to have that's gray armor, but I've got brown on my brush dab. Now it's a dirty spot on the armor that blended together perfectly across that skeleton without any, uh, and just looked like I did it on purpose. Right. And that made those skeletons look better that way. Yeah, yeah. The only colors that seemed a little uh, strong for me were mm -hmm. like working a cool into a warm. I, mm -hmm. I got a little bit like so blue into brown or red. Mm -hmm. That there was a little bit of like like unless I was doing it like really fast, mm -hmm. I found that they could set just enough that it wouldn't blend as smoothly. Right. But um, yeah. The, otherwise, they just 
sing together. And darker colors usually will dominate the lighter colors. If you like that dark wood is a great cleanup color because mm-hmm. like it goes over that belt no matter what was under that belt. <laughs> I will say the same of the gray. That gray mm-hmm. is going to be a, a magic fixing shader for the rest of my life. Wait till you get the black. It's even better for yeah. that. Nice. Oh, yeah. And it's also a great. These paints are really great for like the little fiddly bits and details across belts and boots and hips and stuff that you don't want to bother painting the individual pits bits oh, on yeah. just slap it on there you know be done with it it's like we were we were both talking about watching ninjon's new video where he was talking about his speed painting methods and don't paint the boots was one of his mottos and such a great mm-hmm. one he's just like just slap the most basic colors down on things at the bottoms and out the way of the mini because the parts of the mini that you want to put some attention on and try to do try to do cool stuff is heads faces shoulders and weapons and weapons, capes yeah. Yeah. And it's the same stuff that you're going to hit with your Zenithal highlight, you know, right. you make that stuff the bright thing, draw the eye to it, and you don't really have to invest in 14 bootstraps unless you really want to. I also find that this is a great starting point for any mini, even if I'm going to go back and give it the like 11 out of 10 effort to make it awesome. Yeah. Uh, the contrast method is a great starting point. Uh, so you can get, you know, you can get the the basic, like the base coating of a model is, is if you ask most miniature painters, their least favorite part of miniature painting base coating is the that thing that they dislike and this makes base coating fast and fun and easy and it's done and yeah, then you can come back and get super into like the highlighting blending stages and then you you can paint them boots if you want to you can come back and make those boots sparkle if you want to but this just gets you started and it is so much easier than three layers of of normal a traditional mini painting to get yourself to that very basic base coat plus null oil across it step. Yeah, you were uh, posting on like I think Instagram or maybe Twitter about like what do you do about a batch painting burnout? Right. And like I noticed when I was working with it, like that I would go across and you know hit that armor plate and all those details would suddenly kind of populate like just flow across it and it was just so like delightful that Mm -hmm. for the first time in i don't know how long batch painting was actually kind of cool because like i was comparing the differences on the filigree of different armors because it was so fast to pick it out Mm -hmm. and i didn't have to like suffer you know like Mm -hmm. i wasn't going back and having to dry brush and highlight and ink and do 20 things it just it just came up um and it was also fun because i was comparing two things right and like and and if I am happy with these results, like I am very happy with what we pulled out on the other side, both your chaos knots and I threw up the, the skeletons hoping that people can see them this time. Um, you know, they're, are they going to win the golden demon? No. Are they going to look absolutely awesome on my tabletop when they're swarming my players in a dungeon? Yes. Yes, they are. Well, yeah, And you don't want to put a golden demon quality painted thing on your table anyway. Like that's the thing that just kills me is when people beat themselves up about it. You want something that is good and, and mm-hmm. it, it evokes, and then that's it. You don't want to like any more investment, you know? I don't know about you. I have cats. Cats jump on gaming tables and they destroy things. <laughs> and, you know, I don't want my golden demon quality, not that I'll ever paint a golden demon quality one, but I want my cat to like land on my, you know, Lord of Change and shatter it into 50 pieces. That's not an experience I, I would enjoy. But like, this is perfect for that kind of table ready go to, you know, get mm-hmm. it done. And uh, yeah, it, it, like I said, it was it was really freeing and, and joyful, which uh, mm-hmm. I know I could use a lot more of joyful things in my life right now. Anyway, 
so comparing these, the different options for this style of painting, um, the, I definitely did recommend watching the Goobertown video because that homemade Goobertown wash version of these and the Army Painter Speed Paints behave incredibly similar to each other. They, mm -hmm. I wonder if I could take some of my Goobertown wash medium that, or that midwinter medium, which is basically the same stuff, and use it to thin these paints down just fine like I could. I'll, I'll do that experiment soon. Like just water i know it doesn't work the normal medium and then some uh mixing medium or thinning medium uh and see how that works out but because the those two paints work incredibly similar to these um and i, I think that though and also if you're doing it yourself you can you know make any color you want and it's super cheap that way too but these are super cheap on their own it's only four dollars and fifty cents a bottle if you're buying them individually which is just fifty cents more than miniature paint normally cost as opposed to right. contrast which and like, contrast is good paint. I love contrast paint. It's it's not as good as the army painter paint. I don't think it gets gets blotchy, but it's definitely thicker. And uh, some of the colors are a little bit darker, more vibrant. And the contrast paints are an option, but they're eight dollars a bottle or seven dollars and eighty cents a bottle instead of. So that full set of thirty six paints of contrast paint will run you three hundred bucks. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I don't even think yeah. I'm halfway through it. And I probably yeah. won't be at this point. Yeah. Um, so there, there are the other models. other affordable options. Um, uh -huh. Like I, I I did during my painting uh, experiment mm -hmm. with Green Stuff World and Tencent Inc. Because uh, a local game store, one of the stores, uh, they were talking about how it was very similar uh, mm -hmm. to the speed paint. And um, in my experience, that's not exactly accurate. I don't know if yeah, you want to show the difference but um i painted up half the chaos warriors i did with the the intensity ink and um it's very comparable actually to me to i don't know if you've ever used secret weapon uh inks very no, very no. similar to that um, you've got access to all sorts of cool <laughs> painting goodies i don't i've got two game stores near me that's more than i've ever should have and i'm lucky that one of them stocks army painter the other one stocks citadel and those are my options uh, the hobby store stocks vallejo and that's great <laughs> But I've, my favorite paint ever is for traditional miniature paint is Pro Acryl. And right. I put all my. Oh, sorry. I, go ahead. Go, go, go. No, that's fine. I'm just, I'm just, I've, mm -hmm. I've got, you know, mm -hmm. since you're, you're bringing it up, I, I think there's yeah. four or five uh, hobby stores within 10 blocks of each other here that all stock wow. at least three lines of paint. Right. So, like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Maybe 10, not 10 blocks, but definitely 20. Um, mm -hmm. you know, like that have pro acryl Vallejo army painter GW, and they'll usually have at least two or three of those, um, you know, crazy, like, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, but, but I, I did find that, uh, the intensity, because I was specifically asked to, to compare it, um, it, it's much more bright and cartoony. Mm -hmm. It is coverage wise. I don't think the pigments quite as dense. Um, so there's reasons to use it. Um, I think we talked about this early on where I, I like that the speed paint is one coat effective. Right. Um, um, really early on when we we're talking about inks, I think you said, well, it's not unusual to have to do four and three or four coats. And I was like, ah, like the idea of like spending that much time just trying to get something to turn, you know, a darker shade of green was, was <laughs> insane to me. And I would say that the intensity inks, despite their name, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, are much more what I would expect from an ink. You know, you're going to probably hit it two or three times. I think the red to get the red um, to be the same hue as one coat of the uh, speed paint red took about three passes. Um, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, you know, and it, it's effective. It looks as good. Um, it's much brighter, 
but mm-hmm. like time wise, it definitely slowed me down. Like you were mentioning five minutes, five minutes a, a model. I was probably right. about twenty. Wow. Um, uh, with the uh, the the green stuff stuff, but still, yeah. I mean, twenty minutes to knock out a a table ready mini is not a lot, especially mm-hmm. you know when we're printing these trays and trays of stuff. You spend a couple of week, you know nights, and you've got this massive play mm-hmm. you know army ready to go. So. I, I was I was happy with the, the green stuff stuff, but I would still definitely fault over to speed paint for sure. And I'm right. still tracking down that big set. The because... more you describe how the intensity inks behave, it sounds like it behaves like ink. Like good exactly, ink. right. right. <laughs> and, and I was really kind of surprised how um like there's almost like this weird uh and anything new, right? Everybody's like, mm-hmm. oh, uh there was a lot of resistance, you know, when they're talking about that game store, the other game store, I had a lot of contrast fans and don't get me wrong. I love contrast paint, particularly um, Mm -hmm. I like gradient priming, Mm -hmm. right? You can get some really cool, weird color shift results, which contrast meat is uh, contrast paint is really good to go over that. Right. And and it it will pull that tone and kind of blend it Mm -hmm. and actually smooth out a lot of the gradient, especially if you get some choppy. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I will be frank. The speed paint did not do it as well. Um, which is is probably fine because speed paint you're probably doing you should do a two tone zenithal highlight and be done right like you don't want to necessarily go crazy you just want it fast and, and fun and um, yeah uh, it's it's better with just that simple start mm-hmm. I I would I would say the the um, the minis that I did that way were much clearer and and the color blending worked better that the blending the highlighting the way it, that it pooled and everything where like. That's why I would still use a contrast paint, right? But you, mm-hmm. you've t- talked about working time. The working time on contrast paints feels very short to me. Um, mm-hmm. And then back and it does not, you cannot blend it right. later. You can't do much to it later. Where I found Which is still this... longer than traditional paint. Uh, like normal acrylic paints is dry in seconds. Contrast paint, give it 30 seconds. Sure, sure. But then you get that kind of pooling weirdness if you too too long. Where I think the, the speed paint felt really good to go back into yeah. if I had to. Yeah, it's and nice. the Goober Town wash is like that too. You really need to give it a few minutes to 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 dry. Yeah. Ooh. Well, we are coming up on time now. Is anything? What? what let's do our, our theme or shout outs to um, great places to learn about mini painting. Like, what are our favorite miniature painting YouTubers out there? Well, uh, I will once again say Dana Howell, just because yeah, absolutely. I think, I think um, her, her videos push push a lot of boundaries, do a lot of different things um, and, mm-hmm. and create very unique looks like uh, that Bowser, Bowser gene stealers, I think where they're all magma you looking was super yeah. cool. And so I'd say for inspiration, that's a great channel. Um, and that was the, uh, she gave me the inspiration to do the, the, the ghostly green gradient on the underside of my undead. And just as it's such a simple unifying effect, but your whole army, mm-hmm. like every time you add something to it, I'm like, that just fits, just fits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I'm, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I said how. What what uh, channels would you recommend? Or so, but we've we've recommended Dana. We recommended Mini Winter Minis. We've recommended Goober Town for sure. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to say um, Ninjon is another fantastic channel. Um, Absolutely. And as as uh, Miniac is mm-hmm. another one. Scott's channel. They they work together as a pair. Uh, those are are fantastic. An artist opus is a fantastic ch- for a, a completely different way of mini painting than we talked about. Artist opus is about using only dry brushing, using makeup brushes to paint models, and it is amazing the quality and speed at which they are able to just pump out like act 
at, they would their minis look competition ready to compete they like they are bringing it to competitions with those those models where they're just using dry brushing which is a technique where you uh take a, a very soft bristled brush put paint on it get most of the paint off of it and then run it across lightly across the surfaces of a model so that the raised areas collect the paint in, at stronger than the lowered areas and they'll let you get like a dark to light gradient across a model that way real easy yeah i've seen some actually some terrain work that they did on that channel that was really impressive right. just with dry brushing yeah. super cool yeah dry brushing is a wonderful technique to learn for terrain uh highlighting miniatures uh, a thing that i will often do and and when paired with contrast painting or or, or speed paints painting uh, is to do a dry brush after the fact of a paint over top of what the work you already did. Like I like to take like uh, as a nod to Dana Howe, take pale sand or an ivory and just yep. do it all over dry brush of the model after you've done painted it with the, the speed paints as a base coat and it will pop and look glorious. Like you spent like no time, zero time on that model. Like fin from, from printed from the primer drying to done with it for the tabletop is like six minutes and you're done. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of those pale sand ones just click, mm -hmm. just done. Love it. I think we're out of time. We are. All right, everyone. If you want to find out more about this show, you can find us over at printyourgames.com. And if you want to help the show out, go ahead and give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you saw this episode. If you happen to catch us over on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook, give us a like, uh, throw us a comment. It does help us uh, spread the word and you know share the episode, share the show if you like it, help us find more people. Uh, Alex Schiffler has a final content. Any love for GW style edge highlighting? It looks great on Space Marines. I like uh, energy weapons doing edge highlighting. You can do some really cool stuff with that for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a technique that is fun and it's a little bit on the tedious end, but it can, it gives a really striking look. Great for panels, uh, things like Space Marines, Gundams, tanks, uh, yep. any blades of any sort. Putting an edge highlight across a blade uh, makes it look wonderful. Yeah, I think Goober right. Town actually has some really good ones on, on edge highlighting specifically. All right. We are out of time, everybody. We'll talk to you all later. Don't forget Bye now. screen protector. Yes.